Hello and welcome to The OT Life, a careers podcast from the OTs of Signet Healthcare. I'm Emma Crowcroft. I'm one of the Regional Directors of Occupational Therapy here at Signet. I'm delighted to welcome you to the first episode of our podcast. We created The OT Life for OTs around the country who are interested in hearing from people who share the same passion for occupational therapy. We chat all things OT from our opinions about the profession, our role in health and social care, stories and real experiences and career advice. This is the place to help you make the most of the profession you love. Let's get going with the OT life. So thanks for joining me, you two. Um, Can you tell our listeners just who you are and a little bit about yourselves? Becky B, do you want to go first? Yeah, so I'm Rebecca Boothby, so I like to be called Becky in work. Um, so I am an occupational therapist. I've been working at Signet Delphi and Sight for uh, over six years now. Um, and yeah, so I'm currently based in the male mental health side um, of the unit. I'm uh, Rebecca Griffiths. I'm head occupational therapist working at Signet Manor. Um, I've worked for the company. It's coming up for my 12th year now. Um, And yeah. I'm glad you figured the dates out because it was only last week we were trying to to figure it out, weren't we? Because we we both started (laughs) within the same year. Um, And we thought it was about 12 years, didn't we? So time flies when you're having fun. 12 years in July, that's the one. Okay. (laughs) So let's talk about barbecues and bingo. Um, I mean, what we wanted to do with this episode was really look at some of the myths around OT. Do you want to just talk us through what some of those misconceptions are that that other professions have or or that other people might think we do? Yeah. Do you want to start? Uh, Yeah, okay. Yeah, (laughs) so um, a few people um, that I know have basically said that oh we're basket weavers mm. <laughs> that's a, that's quite a, a common one that I've found anyway the arts and crafters and um basically we're, we're there for the fun which is you know very very true um but we're very much the activity coordinators yeah I agree with that I think people when they come in contact with OTs normally it's in a physical health setting and that's really clear mm. for them so it's the equipment provision side yeah. and then like you say that old school vision of an OT with a basket weaving and the arts and crafts out and keeping people occupied and busy I guess. Yes yeah definitely the physical health um, side of things and you know the raised toilet seats you know is is that all we do go in there and yeah so I think that's one of the misconceptions really. Um, Yeah keeping people busy yeah I've had a similar one that we were the the, um, part of nursing that wasn't wanted. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah um and and i just it just makes me laugh in jest obviously they they weren't being mean but like they were like you know we had other things to do so we thought oh that's that's something else for someone else to do yeah and another thing that i've known as well is the we're the event planners and we'll always be the event people so any kind of charities coming up it's like go to ot they'll sort it yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) what else would we be doing exactly (laughs) i mean on that note i guess it's this is probably a really nice space to just reflect about what we really are doing Mm -hmm. then isn't it and if anyone's got any nice ways of explaining to people actually this is what we do it's not barbecues and bingos bingos bingo this is what it is yeah Yeah. is there anything that you could that that you'd share yeah 
I think it's um, it's that really person-centred model of care, isn't it, really? And, and with a, with a, for our role, it's about having that person at the centre and saying, do you know what, what, what is important to you? What's meaningful? What, what do you want to do in your life? And how can we help you get there? And we use a big toolbox to be able to help them get there and that might be physical equipment it might be you know mindfulness techniques it might be helping someone feel calm and regulated or bringing some structure to the debt there's so many things you can you can talk about that part forever and what we do um, on a day-to-day basis but I think the you know that person right at the middle is is what we what we do and you know helping them get back to them the best selves really absolutely and that that barrier that's getting in the way of them being able to 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 do the things that they would love to do either through something that's been lost because of their illness or something that they want to learn again you mm-hmm. know um it's just it's, it's what we do and everything is so science based there's a reason why we do what we do it's not yeah. you know we're not making it up on the spot we always go and research and we evidence the reason why yeah. so there's a lot more that goes into it than what meets the eye that i think is so important for mm-hmm. people to know and and for us to as well advocate for ourselves as ot's because Sometimes we know that what we do is so important, but we don't talk about it enough, do we, as well? So and I think that's the biggest problem, isn't it? We yeah. we don't explain the evidence base, we don't explain the theories, we don't we don't share that rationale with people and we're our own worst enemy because then we're upset that no one understands what we haven't told them. Yeah, and exactly. I I just think we really need to start sharing that I guess things like today, don't we, yeah. is our way of doing that. But do you think there's anything else that we can be doing to get that out there about who we really are and why we do what we do? Definitely through like the promotion. This is definitely a fantastic start of it with you know with the podcasts mm-hmm. and the, because this is very you know new as well. Yes. You know if we continue doing things like this, mm-hmm. but also you know pushing ourselves out there. So like later on, what I'm doing is I'm going to speak with schools. Um, so over two hundred plus schools. Um, you know within the across the UK. So again, just putting ourselves out there and 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 singing quite loudly about why it's so important what we do. Going into unis mm-hmm. and different places. Are you singing for us today, Becky? Uh, I'll save it for later. <laughs> <laughs> I think that like it's coming quite timely as well. Like Royal College of Occupational Therapists rebranding, and mm-hmm. they're really pushing forward that that message about you know help, re-enablement, helping people get back to who you are and and what what it's all about. So yeah, I think it's yeah that's a good good opportunity as well. And I think using their resources as well as this sort of stuff alongside Signet support, you know, really pushing pushing what we do um definitely yeah. yeah do you think the the face of ot is changing is will an ot in 10 years time look like an ot does now like an ot did 10 years ago do you think that arcot rebranding will help kind of regenerate the profession yeah i, I do I, I, I do think we're changing we're evolving we have to we have to move with times like you know people are very you know enjoying technology and things these days so the generation that are children now in the future are going to have that involvement with technology and we're going to have to keep up to date with that um mm-hmm. and keep yourself relevant really i guess those meaningful occupations 
as you know, as society changes, what was meaningful a hundred years ago isn't now. So, you know, in another ten, twenty years, what's meaningful to children these days and the adults that we now work with are gonna you know, it's gonna be very different. Um yeah. definitely. As you say, as things are evolving. I I was actually I was watching a video um over the weekend and I don't know about in university for yourselves and things with occupational therapy about how the equipment back then mm-hmm. is so different to where it is now. Yeah, so I think naturally everything is just evolving with technology, with different things that are coming in, different research that's happening. Mm-hmm. But it, it, it's going to be inevitable, I think, that we're going to be changing, but it's just going to be constant improving like this role, really. Yeah. It's I've, always learning. Yeah, totally. I mean, I, I think back when I first started, just simple examples like we were using desktop computers to support people <laughs> yeah. if they wanted to engage in a computer session. Now I'm like, we need to get some iPads sorted out. We're doing <laughs> iPad sessions and like keeping yourself fresh as well. Like, how do I use it properly? <laughs> using the key to back in the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, gosh. And what about the impact that the pandemic's had? I, you know, I guess everyone's work life has changed as a result of it. Mm. But I think for us particularly, just by the very nature of what we do, people's investment in occupation just looks so different, doesn't it? People's occupations have changed. Mm. What difference do you think that makes for us? I think that it's definitely come as more challenging. I don't know about you, Becky. Yeah, it it's it's the innovation isn't it and it pushes you and I guess that's where occupational therapy like really lends itself Mm -hmm. we all have that common feature in that we're quite creative and innovative and you have to you know come up with different ideas yeah it's not been yeah it's not been easy but I think I think there's a lot of good and different things have come out of 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 the pandemic in regards of activity and people being creative I mean I've seen all sorts of different things that people have been doing on yeah. units and you know maybe more of that homegrown stuff and like fundraising in charity like at Christmas we did a really nice um food bank donation for the for the uh, homeless shelter and we probably that wouldn't have probably been something that was on our minds but this year we were like no we really want to do something where we can give back and we had the time in-house to sort of do that stuff and spend the time on it um yeah we what i've noticed is um with the client group that i work with at the moment there's definitely been like a loss of um i suppose motivation mm-hmm. um yeah. and um what we're trying to do is re- re-establish that routine that has been lost mm-hmm. with covid and i think not just the patients that we work with but i think that's the case for absolutely everybody mm-hmm. um and I think that's, again, as you said before, Becky, that's the reason why OT is so important because we are incorporating that therapy and also, yes, that meaningful activity for someone to see how we can either adapt it to make it where we're able to do it with the pandemic still going on or why don't we try and see if we can either start it again in a different way. Yeah. And that's, again, it's using those creativity, you know, the creative brains that we have to be able to facilitate things like that. Um, and yeah the opportunities that the pandemic has definitely given us through things that we may not have necessarily done before Mm -hmm. it's been so yeah there has been highlights as well hasn't there yeah Yeah. so the need for that OT intervention is there more than ever now isn't it definitely definitely so what we're talking about there really is the the creativity and the curiosity isn't it can we maybe just dig a little bit deeper into that and and how that impacts on OT and what we do yeah I think it, because we are 
always learning within our roles, always looking into things, researching to see how we can develop new things for people. Um, but also as our, ourselves as professionals, um, we're always wanting to see what more that we can do. So I think that that curiosity into, you know, into the research that's out there, either through like different journals that we've got, um, like through the RCOT route as well, um, you know, I, th- I think that's important, you know, for us to continuously develop ourselves. And I think that's one thing is that especially sets Signet aside is we're constantly focusing on that CPD, the continuous professionally developing um, side of things. So I think that's that that's really what is helpful like, for an OT, really. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, creativity is such an important skill to have because every human on this planet is just so different that that we have to be create without that skill like you you can't create the right therapeutic interventions you can't create the right goals for somebody if everybody's on this conveyor belt of you know oh we've got to do this we've got to do this like we, you're not going to meet good outcomes because it's just not not right for a person to, to try and fit them into that it's into that, that mold yeah 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 and you you have to be I mean all you know someone recently asked me oh well, um what what does what is the job about what 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 are some of the interventions that you do and I was like it'd be impossible to tell you them all to be honest <laughs> yeah. because everybody said everybody's so different that it could be completely different for every person that walks through the door and 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 that's the beauty of it I guess really it's what makes us so so special I guess it's what keeps it so interesting (laughs) yeah yeah, definitely it's that brand new challenge not just every day but every hour Mm -hmm. yeah the new activities as well things that I hadn't even heard of and different types of you know volunteer work I think I've got someone now who's starting at a donkey sanctuary which is fantastic only up the road from the hospital which we didn't know but until we look into things like that you know we're not to know Yeah, yeah 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 definitely so thinking about the things that we've just talked about, the creativity, the innovation, they're all things that make a fantastic OT. Can you think about perhaps the best OT that you've ever worked with? You Please don't say names while everybody's listening, but if you can tell us a little bit about them and what made them so fantastic at what they did. Yeah, should I start? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah the, one of the most incredible OTs that I worked with um, this person was so passionate, so focused on developing themselves within their career, um, constantly wanting to as well, um, you know, bring out the best in other people, um, you know, and would invest their time into the people that she was working with as well, um, as well as the, the the patients, but the staff members as well, you know, um, made people feel so empowered, um, you know, she had so much um, education behind her and she was just basically investing all of that knowledge. Um, I, I would just encourage, I'd say, the best in, in people. And I think that, yeah, she was just fantastic to work with as an OT. And because I think I can probably guess who you're talking about, yes. because that's somebody that we both know, I think, you know, I, I, I can reflect on that a little bit as well. And I think she had, she's got such a a gentle way of empowering people without them realising at Absolutely. all. And I think to me that's one of the key OT skills is delivering OT, OT interventions and no one is aware that that's what's going on. It's almost like magic, isn't it? Absolutely, yes. But when people don't want to engage, but they are absolutely 110% invested. Engaged. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Becky, do you want to...? Yeah, um, I guess the person I'm thinking of was 
you know, very um, research-based, um, looking at evidence-based, making sure that up-to-date um, with, you know, all the, the values, not the values, um, like white paper documents, um, what what the government agendas are and, and ensuring that that all weaves into everyday patient care and experience um and reflecting on on things that have that have happened in the past that weren't so good and how we could be how we could be better i guess um and, and making sure that that ot focus was in the day-to-day jobs that we're doing and you know yeah um i don't know what else to say it's that really. constant yeah, learning isn't learning, it that yeah, changing your practice yeah based on brand new evidence base that's out there and making sure that you're yeah. keeping up to date with that rather than kind of just doing what you've always exactly, done. Exactly, yeah. Not staying static. I think that's the thing, driving and changing and growing. Um, and that's a really important important feature, I think. Um, yeah. I think one of the things as well is it really shapes the OTs of today when you've got people like that you work with. And I think that that's, I've definitely adopted some of them methods because that time was invested in me in that way so and and that's how I plan on investing my time with other people you know and and the either the colleagues that we work with or the students that we you know that we're able to you know take on as well I think that's definitely just set those standards and yeah so and I think that's you know that's something that we do a lot of as a company isn't it is taking OT students Mm -hmm. we've constantly got that drive and I think it's almost like you through working with people like that you realize that actually it's not you doing something to support them it's what you can learn from them and how you can grow isn't it and I think once you see things that way and the benefit of having those students on placement with you it's something that we're constantly facilitating isn't it for our own learning Mm -hmm. as much as theirs and I think that that is something with with occupational therapy because we when we're looking at environments that includes the people within within our environment um and I guess yeah we have the direct patient contact and we'll be supporting service users patients individuals in our care but there's a bigger picture to it as well and it is it is like how we invest time in the people that we work alongside as well and we sort of you know the the occupational therapy becomes a a larger part of of the environment as well and the skills that we have because Mm -hmm. we're supporting students we're supporting the the people that that we work with and and our clients or patients in our environment it's it's it does become a bigger sort of piece of Piece of work without picture. us, yeah, yeah. But it's without us knowing it. We we just sort of naturally do it. It's part mm-hmm. part of it. Yeah, just organically grows, yeah, doesn't yeah. it, into such a a, a bigger picture. Yeah. yeah. What would you say to a to a newly qualified OT if you were to give them some tips about how they can promote the profession and and really get word out there about what we do? What tips would you give them? I think staying staying true and focused is really important. So the things that they've learned at uni, I think remembering them principles and not getting swept up straight away in the day-to-day I think as a newly qualified it's really easy to get like I need to make everyone happy and I'm in this new workplace and I've got to make it and it might be their first experience of doing that really true healthcare team team working and I think it's just about you know if I could speak to myself when I when I first qualified it's just staying true 
to to what you'd learn and the you know the theory and the models and the occupational science and I'm, I'm you know it's almost coming back around again now where I'm really getting everything back together in my mind about like what what is this all about and and pulling things apart and I'm getting my textbooks out and thinking you know I, I really want to use the language properly and I want to really really get back to it so yeah I think probably just try and stay stay with it and uh, figure figure it out <laughs> I think that's the thing isn't it particularly you can quite often be the only OT in a service you know the only one in that MDT or perhaps there's two of you and it's very different to having that big peer group where you're all mm-hmm. pushing that profession together isn't it it's easy for that to get diluted yeah. um yeah by other disciplines meeting other people's expectations I guess isn't it and and because like you've said before we're not very good at at advertising what we do people will ask you to do little bits of jobs and you're like okay yeah that's fine and then you feel like you're helping because we all have that nature as well where you're like oh I just want to help and I want to make it better and I want to improve things for people so yeah I guess like I've just said like sticking sticking with it I guess really and yeah remembering the reason why you're doing it in the first place isn't it yeah definitely and making sure that the patients that you're working with, whoever they are, you know, are at the, you know, they're the priority, aren't they? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Okay. I think that probably brings us to the end of the discussion. So thank you so much for joining us, both the Beckys, <laughs> Becky B and Becky G. <laughs> it's been great. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the OT Life. We're a new podcast for OTs, so share the love by subscribing for future episodes. And don't forget to share it with other OTs. Bye for now.